1: Two balls, one strike on Perdomo. Sanchez ready. And here's the pitch. Swing and a ground ball right at Vierling. He's got it. Throws to first, and that's the ball game. (laughs) Phillies shut out the Diamondbacks for their ninth consecutive win. As the Phillies keep the good times rolling, and Rob Thompson remains perfect as skipper. He's 8-0 since taking over. And the Phillies
2: have won another series as they beat the Diamondbacks today 4 <laughs> nothing. Hey, Jody Mack, how many of those variables did you have on your bingo card two weeks ago? Uh, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Vierling scoops it up at second base to throw at the final runner as Rob Thompson gets his ninth win in a row. <laughs> what world are we living in, Jody Mack?
0: Uh, one that you don't want to wake up. If it's a dream, please don't jostle me. I'll just stay uh, comfortably ensconced in this Philly hot streak that, yes, I, I had no idea it was coming. I uh, you, Glenn, uh, you and I have been doing some shows uh, recently, but yeah. uh, you know I do every Monday and Tuesday night. When they hired Joe Girardi, I was a big fan. I liked him as a guy. I thought he was a good manager. I thought he was a needed change from what Kapler was. They decided Kapler's way of doing things wasn't the way you want to do it. So you usually go in an opposite direction. You've got a qualified, accomplished, uh, not uh, uh, coming in from left field type of guy to take over. I thought it was damn close to the perfect hire. And I said that every day that Joe Girardi was the manager up until about a week before he got fired. And things were just not going well, and Joe was not getting the job done. And I know how baseball works. It's easier to change the manager than the entire team. I said, listen, i got to make a change. If they get swept by Kapler, he comes in and wins all three games after what they did against the Braves in the Mets, he's got to go. And I never thought I was going to get to that, but I did. And sure enough, a couple of days later, Dave Dombrowski did just that and pulled the plug on him. I didn't know Rob Thompson was going to come in here and set the world on fire and win eight consecutive games. Yes, I thought that a change could do them good, and maybe they could get it back going in the right direction. Eight in a row for Rob
2: Thompson? Nine. Yeah. Nine for the team, eight for Thompson. Oh, I thought it was ten for the team, nine for Thompson. Okay. I don't want to give anybody more credit than they do. No, um, unfortunately, the Braves have won ten in a row. The Phillies yeah, have only won good. nine in a row. All right. So under under this, if you take the last Gabe Kapler game and then carry it over to Thompson, they have outscored opponents now seventy four to twenty four. They have slugged twenty two game twenty two home runs in those games, including this one yesterday by suddenly the hottest power hitter on the team out of high school in Hudson, North Carolina.
1: <laughs> two two swung on hit deep. Right field, going back on it. Smith to the track, pulls up at the wall, and it's gone. It just clears. And Bryson Stott hits one out to straightaway right over the out-of-town scoreboard. His fourth. It's a two-run shot.
2: Bellies lead it 3-0. Another thing, Jody, I do not think would have been on your bingo card. No.
0: Uh, Bryson Stott, let's be honest, struggled. Um, Go back to spring training, played well, looked like he was going to make the team, looked like he could be their starting third baseman opening day, uh, but he earned himself a spot on the roster. And then flat-out struggled. Uh, Glenn, he wasn't just below the Mendoza line. He was getting close to highway numbers, like 100. And, man, as he turned it around and shown power, uh, you heard the call there, uh, Fransky's call, just made it into the seats. Doesn't matter. If you make it into the seats, you make it into the seats. And what we've seen from uh, Stodd is incremental improvement. Well, why should it stop now? First of all, he's got to get to the Mendoza line. He's at 189, so he's got to have a couple more good days to get to 200. But maybe he starts hitting them into the fifth row or the eighth row rather than the first row. Uh, it has been a very quick rise for Stott and something that the Phillies desperately needed. You needed Schwarber to be Schwarber and Harper to be Harper, and their stars have to carry them. But that's a big reason why they've won eight games in a row, because the Veerlings and the Stots all of a sudden have started making significant contributions. That's how you put a winning streak like this together.
2: couple other things. They made no errors yesterday, which for this team is a beautiful thing. They actually stole three bases. Off of Lefty Madison Bumgarner, uh, this is not a team that has stolen bases over the last few years. I don't think they're exactly going to start playing like the nineteen eighty one Athletics. But it is uh, I miss the stolen base in baseball? I like speed. I like defense. So to see three stolen bases was nice. Uh, and Jody, they are ab- above five hundred for the first time since they lost to the Mets on April thirteenth. I think they were two and three at that point. All right, three and two oh okay they were three and two they went to three and three and then they went below. Right. okay they weren't two and two they were three and two there you go uh they are two and a half games out of the last playoff spot which now belongs to the braves who as you mentioned are as hot as the phillies or more they got the braves coming up in a couple of weeks today it is the uh final game against the diamondbacks hopefully this rain is going to clear i don't know what it's like where you are but where i am in palatial havertown it's uh it's coming down fast. Yeah,
0: it's raining pretty good over here in South
2: Jersey, too. All right, so we will see what happens with that game later today. Ranger Suarez against Kyle Nelson and then to Miami for three, starting with Aaron Nola, and then Washington at home. All right, so Jody Mack, as I said, they are now 30-29. and 29. They are above five hundred. There are 103 games left to play. What's it take to make that last playoff spot? How many wins?
0: Um. That that's a very good question. First thing for uh, Miami's here the next three days,
2: and then they have to go to Washington. I'm so, I meant to say uh, then against Miami, then not at Miami, then against Miami, and then Washington. Right? They got
0: to go down to Washington yeah. for a strange five-game
2: series. Five games. Yes. Five
0: games because they have a doubleheader, split doubleheader. Are there any other kinds in baseball these days? Mm-hmm. On Friday, an afternoon tilt followed by a Friday night game. I guess they've got to make up with Washington. It might be from the Scheduling at the beginning of the year when they had to uh, reconfigure the season into a week shorter period of time because of the CBA negotiation. But a five-game series against Washington, even Washington has won two in a row. Uh, they've uh, They've beaten the Brewers two straight games. So in the division, the Braves have won ten in a row. The Phillies have won nine in a row. The Marlins have won five in a row, and the Nationals have won two in a row. I watched the Mets get beat by the Angels on the MLB Network last night. Uh, so they, they they're actually making up ground in the division, which has been hard to do because the Mets have been as good as they are. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden the NL East looks pretty good, and they've got their next eight games against the NL East. Can they keep this uh, rolling? Uh, my opinion on the division hasn't changed. Even when the the Mets were up by 27 games and everybody else was below 500 in the division, I thought that to make a wild card in the National League, you were going to have to be north of 85 wins, 86, 87, 88. And that's still, I think, the number as of right now.
2: All right, let's go 86. Uh, My number was 87. I'll meet you at 86. If it's 86, they have to go 56 and 47 for the rest of the year. That certainly seems they can play at that clip, right?
0: Well, when you're in the midst of a nine-game winning streak, <laughs> well, you say, yeah, uh, that's, that's,
2: that's, that's easy. You can yeah, get but that looking at the larger in a couple picture. of weeks. Right, okay. This is not a team that is going to play at a 950 clip for the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you looked at what you – well, I know what I anticipated, the start of the season, which, as I said, they would win 87 games. I think right now that is as real a possibility as there is.
0: Right. Um, uh, The way that they've gotten there might be a little circuitous, and we might not have seen it work out the way that it had been. And, yeah, at this point, if you believe they're going to win 87, you probably would have had them two or three, three or four games over 500, uh, probably more like three. Uh, So there, there were a couple of games behind the pace. That's no big deal. Then all right, teams get off the slow start. Shoot, the Braves were below 500, passed the All-Star game last night last year, and ended up winning the, the division, going away. So um, yeah, they're absolutely it. If people are debating, and oh by the way, we get, did debate. I'm sure you and Ray did. I did on my uh, Monday and Tuesday night shows. Should the Phillies actually be sellers? What could we get if we flipped Reese Hoskins? Has he got yeah. any value on the open market? All those conversations were had right here in town 10 to 14 to 10 days ago. Um, no, they are now a team that is absolutely thinking playoffs. They were before the season started, and there's a no reason for them not to be doing that right now.
2: Yeah, we set a date, or I set a date of July 1st is the date where you got to figure out what you're going to do, and July 1st could be pretty good. Um By the way, yesterday's late afternoon game, 30,000-plus fans there uh, on a day where there was some rain and no bobblehead day or anything. The fans are starting to believe and come out to the ballpark, which we know when you have those, the difference between a summer, when people are going out to the game, and when you have a bad team that fans lose interest in in the summer, it's so different. Well, from our radio perspective, it is. But just overall, what it means for the city when you have a team to believe in is just great. Um, Let me give you a couple things from yesterday. Zach Wheeler goes six shutout innings. Would you have left him in longer? He has, by the way, Jody Mack, a 139 ERA now in his last eight starts. Six innings, two hits, no walks, struck out eight.
0: I happened to be in the car, so I was listening to uh, Scott in L.A. uh, when the sixth inning ended and he finished up at like, 90 was it 96 or 98 pitch it was less than yeah, it was, 100 somewhere in yeah, the 90s. under 100 right um and la and scotty were batting it back and forth and la said i i i Think he will bring him back out for the seventh. He wasn't, uh, he must bring him back out for the seventh, but he was leaning in that direction. I was saying the same exact thing because I had watched the first five innings on TV. I had to run out uh, for the sixth inning, um, so I didn't see that inning, but he was in command throughout and didn't seem like he was given a lot of effort. Remember, he pitched with an extra day of rest because uh, he and his wife had their first daughter, Bambi, uh, delivered this week. So he was supposed to start Friday. They pushed him back to Saturday, so he's. an extra day of rest. Good week for him. Yeah, not a bad week for Zach Wheeler. Things things are going well for the Wheeler family. Exactly right. Um, I thought he was going to put him back out there for the sixth, and they chose to fall on the side of caution. And sure enough, Familia comes in, gets the first two outs, Uh and proceeds to load the bases. So they have to go get him and bring Bilotti in, who faced one batter, a fairly well-hit fly ball to center field, but O'Double pulled it in right now everything's coming up for aces for rob thompson you ask me i would have started wheeler i it was three nothing at the time and you just go batter to batter. If he gets the first out, then he gets to face the second batter. If he gets the second out, he gets to face the third batter. If he gets the third out, as soon as he puts somebody on, the worst he can do is give up a home run and make it a 3-1 game. I would have played it batter by batter at that point. He chose to go to his pen. And how many runs did the pens give up yesterday, Glenn?
2: Well, none. Uh, but that was kind of fortuitous in that inning when Familia comes out and does that. And and I, Familia is the guy that I just have such a tough time watching. Uh, the one off-season move that still kind of confounds you was bringing in Familiar and letting Hector Neris walk. I mean, there are always circumstances to do it, and they did. We talked to um, we talked to John Heyman yesterday, and he threw out some relievers that could come and help here. He suggested that the market hasn't developed yet. It's not going to. There's not enough teams out of the race yet. Um, but, you know, you talk buyer-sellers to me. If I'm buying, that's what I'm buying. Maybe two things I would like to buy. I would like to buy an outfielder who can play defense for me and maybe run a little bit, you know, one of those guys, fourth, fifth outfielder guy, uh, because I don't think Harper's going to play the field all year. And I would like to buy a reliever who can get me through, well, I I don't trust Kniebel, but I don't think I'm going to get a closer. A reliever can get me through the seventh, eighth inning. Your and thoughts
0: yesterday when John was on, I want to see two a couple of names out there and said it's really as you just pointed out the market hasn't developed yet. But guys who would seem to be available because they're on teams that are probably not going to be in a playoff mix and veteran reliever, one year contract, blah blah blah. He's throwing out the names of Ian Kennedy and David Robertson. Been there, <laughs> done that. <laughs> Guys who've already made their <laughs> tour through Philadelphia and we've moved on from oh, them and God, they've moved no. on from us. But let's yeah. bring them back for another uh, run through the Philly bullpen. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I take much like I would have taken Zach Wheeler yesterday, batter by batter. I'll take the Phillies in a bullpen, same way. Let's see how they do the next two days, and then we'll check out two games later. Chances are they're going to need an arm, but I'm not desperate to do it immediately if I'm Dave Dombrowski. But at some point, I would would not mind adding another good arm in that Philly bullpen. All
2: right. Well, it has been a great week uh, for the Phillies um, and for just the resurgence of a season here in Philadelphia. 94-94. And you know what, Jody? It's you have. Moments during the season that, good seasons, bad seasons, that stick with you. And you know, the one that I think is going to stick with us for a while happened earlier this week. It was Wednesday night, Brewers, when they are down and Josh Hader is in to close oh, yeah. the game. And Josh Hader hadn't given up a run in, it was 38 straight appearances, something like last July. And the Phillies have the bottom of the order up, and you can almost hear with Fransky just kind of saying like all right well you know there's always a prayer you never know and they hit back-to-back home runs and win the game um and that to me is one of those ones when when you put together the season highlights at the end of the year particularly if it's if if this year turns out as we now hope it will That's the play that's going to really stick with me. me, That's the inning that will stick with me.
0: Right. Let me add to it. It was Tuesday night, so it was the first game in in Milwaukee. Um, You're right. You get to the ninth. Haters coming in, who, by the way, had not given up an earned run since the previous July. Yeah. He went through most of July, all of August, all of September, and all of April and May this year. Had not given up an earned run. In close to a calendar year, and sure enough, Alex Bohm who's playing improved at third base, his average is pretty good, he's got to walk every once in a while, but isn't really hitting for power. No, has three home runs at that point in the season. He absolutely just mashes a home run to uh, left field, pulls it against Hader, who you know can bring it at triple digits, and that gets the game tied. And then before he goes on this now power breakout, Bryson Stott gets up there and takes him out of the. uh, Excuse me, Matt Vierling, Vierling. who had just come back from Triple A. This week's hero, Uh, second baseman, Matt Vierling. Exactly. He's only coming up because um, Wheeler's going on the paternity list. That's how he gets his ticket to the major leagues. And sure enough, he hits his first home run of the year after winning the center field job, opening day center fielder, does absolutely nothing, gets sent down. He turns around to Josh Hader fastball. If it had been Schwarber and Harper, we wouldn't have batted an eye. Well, oh, our, our power guys did what they were supposed to do. Um, no, it was uh, two of the guys at the bottom of the lineup who got the job done for him And,
2: yeah, that was uh, portending things to come for the rest of the week. Right. Everybody's got to believe now, right? But, but baseball is about confidence. I'm talking about the fans, but I'm talking about the team now. These guys believe. I, I... They're never going to lose again. Um, and, uh, oh, I just wanted to take one, one last look at the schedule. Um, we mentioned it earlier. they got the Marlins and they've got Washington, which means another eight games against teams with losing records. Um, and then they're at the Rangers after the Nationals. So that's, what, ten games against teams with losing records? Yep. Man, this is the moment. This is the time. Because I know it does get tougher. I know you've got Padres down the road, Braves, Braves, Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: So you take advantage where you can. And, again, let me point out, and I'm uh, not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but Miami's won five in a row. Uh, yes, they're still below 500, but Glenn three days ago the Phillies were below 500, so now they're above 500 because they've won three in a row, and Miami's playing better. Um, so that's not as easy, and they got two of their best three starting pitchers coming in against the Phillies. And oh, by the way, the Phillies have lost the season series to the Marlins oh, three well, years oh, running. Yeah. Oh. and they already uh, have lost three out of the four matchups this year with the early four-game set that they played. Uh, so I'm not chalking up wins against Miami just oh, yet.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. I never take the Marlins for granted. The Phillies never beat the Marlins. So, hey, things are changing. Hey, if Matt Vierling can hit game-winning home runs and turn plays at second base, the Phillies can beat the Marlins.
0: And That's I gotta, I'm going with. i got to give him a nod because I sat here on the show with you yesterday, and... Openly questioned whether Matt Vierling can play second base because he took a couple of ground balls in batting practice. We're supposed to believe he can play second base. I watched the entire game yesterday. Yeah. He made a couple of decent plays. He wasn't tested. There wasn't a diving stop that he scrambled to his feet and gunned the guy out at first, but he made the routine plays, and that's all you're looking for a guy like Vierling if he's going to fill in once in a blue moon in the infield.
2: Jody, the way these things are going, he's going to be in the gold glove finals. <laughs> uh, okay, coming up, by the way, uh, you and I are going to talk. We we talked some uh, Eagles yesterday, but we didn't get into the issue of Nick Sirianni uh, deciding that he wasn't going to call the plays this next year. I'm curious your thoughts on that, and I have my own and certainly love to hear from the callers. And really fun thing today. Now, we do, uh, every week, Scheib Sports, this uh, this week in Philadelphia sports history, where we replay a very memorable moment from something that happened in this town. And this week it happens to be a Phillies game from 1989, which we're highlighting for two things. It is the game... Were you? When did you move to Philly? 1990. Okay, so this is right after you got here, but I'm sure you have heard of this game. It is the game where... The Phillies and the Pirates are playing at the vet. The Pirates get up 10 nothing in the first inning. And Jim Rooker, who was their color commentator at the time.
0: Not a bad left-handed pitcher in his day, by
2: no, the way. No, yeah, he, he had a career. Turns to his broadcast partner and says to him something along the lines, and we'll play it later, hey, you know what, partner? We lose this game and I'm walking home to Pittsburgh. Well, no sooner does he say that than the comeback begins. And the Phillies, who are down 10 to nothing in the first, pound it. And uh, Von Hayes hits two home runs in that game. Everybody's favorite Philly. (laughs) And the game becomes legendary because Steve Jeltz, of all people, hits a home run from the left side and the right side. And let me just tell you, Jody Steve Jeltz Jeltz played. Five full seasons here, parts of two others. He left Philadelphia with a two ten batting average for his career. Uh, he had five career home runs, two of them in that game. Right. Five, five for his entire career. Yes. Yeah. Two in one game. Uh, 268 career slugging percentage. I have learned over time how popular Steve Jeltz is. I'm sure you got those calls, too. Not as many,
0: apparently, as you did.
2: Oh, all the time. When we do, when Ray and I did the Tell Us Your Story feature, people would say, hey, why don't you have Steve Jelts? Why, why don't you have Steve Jelts? And I think some of it is kind of irony and comedy and so on, but there was for many years a Steve Jelts fan club. Um, and so today, Steve Jelts is going to be a guest when we do the feature, the Shive Sports This Moment in History. And I talked to him the other day. He's a charming guy. He's a really nice guy. I'm looking forward to it. But as part of this, We have a $50 gift certificate, to Scheib Sports, and here's the theme. Give us your favorite Philadelphia athlete, oh, who wasn't a star, who never made an all-star team, who maybe wasn't a regular, who maybe just wasn't really any good, to be honest. (laughs) But you love the guy. I want to be respectful to Steve Jeltz, so I'm not going to characterize him in any way. But the guy that you love, despite the fact that he wasn't that good. Um, and the winner gets a $50 gift certificate to Scheib Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Uh, visit them at their Center City location or go to Um I had my Savraka weakness, Joe, for years. Uh, I loved you... I lo- I love the idea of an Aussie punter. Uh, Aussie How's that rules. working out for the Eagles these days? Uh, didn't well, it worked out fine in like September, October, and then all <laughs> when, of a sudden it got, got bad. really bad. The,
0: the only the only interesting <laughs> thing about
2: SIPA's punting this past year was your bet with Ray. I know. Well, that's I paid I had
0: attention only because of that.
2: Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad to glad to help the public good. <laughs> Uh, yes, and I bought dinner for everybody. Uh, anyway, he was an Aussie Rules player. He was the oldest rookie in the history of the NFL, which I thought that's kind of cool. He was the Chris Coast of the NFL. I made that dumb bet with him. Oh, the bet I made with Ray with him was the dumbest bet I ever made. So here's the... Here, On Sav? Yeah, it was worse. It, it was, was worse, worse. than Sippus this year? Oh, it was way worse. It was way oh, worse. Oh, man, I don't remember that. So in the preseason, Savage just booting him, right? 65 yards, 68 yards. I mean, he's clearing it. And so Ray suckers me, and I said, Ray, I think this guy's going to hit over 60 yards once in a while. And Ray goes, oh, really? Let's bet. And I made a bet that he would have 10 punts of 60 yards or more. 10? He had two. 10? He had two. You went 10? I was drunk with the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, But nonetheless, I lost that bet. By the way, you know what the final tally of the stupid bets was? Uh, six, what are you talking six, six over? And, uh, with Ray, over 13 years. Over a
0: 13-year period, you went 6-6-1? Yeah. Six, six and one?
2: Yeah, we did. We <laughs> That's did. great. That's not bad. And, oh, by the way, let me
0: add to your Sabraka. Although I never would have predicted 10 punts over 60 yards, yeah. he was one of my favorite eagle punters of all time for a very specific reason. He lived about 150 yards from where I live.
2: Really? He no, lived he in the could, same, four, in four punts he could get there
0: Yeah, he lived in the same exact development and when oh, nice. he was here, my daughter was of uh, trick-or-treating age and I knew where Sam lived and we walked the neighborhood whenever and when uh, I, I told my daughter, "You got to go up and say, this is the Eagles punter, let's see what he gives you." And I remember her coming back to me and going, "Dad, I didn't understand what he said." Because Sav had a little bit of an accent. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I said, I, don't, well, I wasn't there. I just stood back on the sidewalk. You have to make How would you do? He said, oh, she gave, gave me some great candy. I said, good for Sav. There He's one of my favorites now. The big he lived, bars. He lived down a block in one of the little cul-de-sacs in my nice. neighborhood.
2: Yeah. Very nice. Anyway, so here's the deal. And, Jody, we'll get yours coming up in the, in the next segment because I'd see how late we're running here. But here's the deal. Call us with a compelling sports point, either about the Phillies. We're going to talk about the Eagles and Sirianni. You can talk about the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup, whatever. We'll review the Belmont. We'll get into all of it. Whatever's on your mind. But give us your favorite player who just wasn't very good. Whoever gives us the best story, the best name, wins. Jody, do you want to be the judge or you want to defer it to... Uh as I often do to Moshe. Oh, I have complete and utter faith in Moshe. Me too. That's right. That way nobody gets mad at us. Exactly. They, that's exactly my strategy. All right. So that's it. Give us the, be- the not the best, give us your favorite player who just wasn't very good and give us a story with it. Like he lived down the block and gave you a great candy for yes. Halloween. That would that would be a winner. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow.